We're finally here, the season two of the Breaking Podcast. My name is Lucas. I'm going to be your host. First off, I want to say thank you for listening to the first season of the podcast. Um, I had a really fun time just interviewing these people and just having really great conversations that challenged me and forced me to think a little bit more. And in the process of making the second season, I'm even more excited to share these conversations with you guys. Uh, one of the things, um, but first, if you haven't listened to the first season yet, as you're tuning into this now, now, go ahead go back to like the beginning go listen to the first couple podcasts they've great episodes great stories uh great perspectives uh, you don't want to miss it this next season of the podcast is going to be talking to a lot of different people but i want to introduce the first guest for the season uh profile one from the bay area representing knuckle neck tribe and floor gangs international uh he's a great dude he's been dancing for a long time and he has a lot to say uh one of the things i wanted to explore with this podcast is what uh, comes out of longevity. Like, what are the products of dancing for a long time? And I think he has a lot to say. Uh, I think it's a lot. I think he has a lot to say, not only just about his personal uh, life and his personal growth, but also how he's seen the scene develop over a long time from when he first started to dance to where he is now. So that being said, uh, here's the first interview, Proho One. Welcome to the Breaking Podcast. Uh, my name is Lucas. Uh, I'm your host for this podcast. Uh, with me right now is Profo One, all the way from sunny California. Even though I don't know if it's sunny right now, uh, but I'm going to just let Profo One just introduce himself for a little bit, kind of where he's been, what he's doing right now. Yeah, what's up? This is Shadow Rock and Profo One of the Floor Gangs and Knuckle Tribe. Um, I've been the I'll be very specific with this i've been in the bay area hip-hop dance scene for now 30 years i've been 30 years breaking uh i dabbled into it a little bit like 95 i would say 96 97 is when i got serious about it so that's about what 24 years ago yeah 24 years ago 20, almost 25 so yeah that's how long i've been around you know as far as like representing you know Awesome. One of the things I love about you, Profo, is that you constantly wear um, your long, your, I don't yeah. want to say, like, it's just say it right there. Like, you constantly wear your age on your, yeah. on your Instagram bio, yes. like, yes. Uh, hashtag this is 30, uh, this is 45. Yeah. I I was going to cut off 10 years from your age, nah. but I, would, I wanted to make sure it was <laughs> Put that out, out there. And we were just talking before you started to record, <laughs> was that, um, yeah, sometimes I don't feel like, I wear it because it's like, it is like a brand. I'm not going to front. It is kind of like a brand. Like, Hey, look, this is, I'm 45, but sometimes I forget Yeah. because I only hang out with one guy. That's my, one of my closest friends. He's 42. And, but he's a lot like me. He's very more into, he's, he does Muay Thai. He was actually, his name is Glide One. He's actually second generation rock horse. So, and I grew up with him. So it was kind of like, He's the only guy that I know that I can relate with. But again, he's like a lot like me. He practices Muay Thai. He, he does this workout. He, he does workouts and stuff like that. And he doesn't have a family and he's single. So it's like it's different than the other. Or my other homies sometimes divorce twice or like, you know, three or four kids in. So I don't really relate with that because like mm. the whole dancing thing has been part, so part of my, my life. So in that sense, I don't feel 45. Um, but when I wake up from in the morning where it's just like my, my muscles hurt, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm 45. <laughs> and plus, like, everyone I hang out with is like 31 to 21. They're all like B-boys and B-girls. So for the majority of part, so those guys kind of keep me young. And like, you know, and even a lot of the kids I mentor are like 25. So I'm mm -hmm. always asking questions. I am the old guy in the room, though. Like, I do complain about millennials and, you know, this, this, this and that. But um, yeah, man, so that's why sometimes I forget. I only yeah. re remember when I'm around people my age that are like, oh, I'm going through a divorce. Oh shit, oh yeah, that's right. I'm 45, that's right. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and they look, you know, they're not necessarily in shape, you know, they, cause they don't dance, right? They don't work out every day. So it's like, kind of like, they look at me like you're an alien, you know? They look at me yeah. like, like, you know, we know you're not young, but you have a young energy. So yeah, it's a lot of that. No, that makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, speaking of like complaining about the younger generation, it's like millennials turn to complain about the younger generation now. Not the younger generation's trying to like throw poop at us and whatnot. It's uh, it's been in my sphere a lot in the last three years of millennials and the generation after that. Um, It's, and this is, you know, I mean, we're going to go, obviously, I'm going all over the place compared to like what your notes are, but because it all, surrounds itself with like what it is right now um you know this is the first time in human history we had this much access to infinite knowledge but the problem with that is that in my opinion this is like that that way if anyone wants to attack me i could just not speaking for every gen xer Mm -hmm. um is that we have a lot of knowledge but the problem is it's just knowledge Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that a lot of millennials have this, all the great quotes, like all the inspirational stuff, all the motivational stuff. But there's a difference. You read all this, but that's like reading about eating an apple versus eating an apple. Yeah, it's not embodied knowledge. No, it's not wisdom. It's not applied knowledge. It's just more like theoretical. That's why it's like yeah. this whole year, this whole past year, especially with the pandemic, I've been like, yeah, man, everyone's theoretical, but no one's like really like in action of it, the the experience, the wisdom of it. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I do have an edge on because I've lived life in, in, you know, in in hip hop, I lived life 30 years, even more than that, because I was a kid when I first came out, I was like five when I heard Rapper's Delight, that was like 1980. So it's like I grew up with it, but to actually be a practitioner and then that's just hip hop, let alone my own life. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, so that's so I always say it's like, yeah, in an infinite universe, because it is infinite, right? Anything is possible, but in front of you, it's binary. Yeah, it's the action you make, right? Then versus like your potential, like it's all yeah. it's so it's applied as the action, which is in physical third dimensional reality, it is binary. Yeah, do or do sorry, not. There is no try. There is no yeah. It's a, it's black and white. Even though it's not because everybody. You know, but you're. What? What if this? What if that? Yeah, exactly. What if? But is not is <laughs> like. Yeah. And if you want that, what if to be reality? That is work. Yeah. You have to work to make it three third dimensional reality, and that's the and that's why that's part of my whole thing of doing yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, speaking of kind of like this holistic and like lived out kind of knowledge, um, what kind of, uh, what were some of the fact? What made you start thinking about? Um, maintenance maybe like in your body and your mind i could be very very specific with that um actually i've been like like for 20 years i've been actually doing research on like different spiritual stuff like you know read a bunch of different books when i was like 25 because i was in the search of like you know like why you know to, to answer the question why is this happening to me or why this or how does this work you know, I was reading a lot of stuff from like you know Wayne, Doctor Wayne Dyer. I was wearing, reading a lot of stuff from Eckhart Tolle or like Abraham Hicks, or just a lot of self help type stuff. And that was like when I was twenty five. And then, um, so I was already kind of in just the, see- the search of knowledge for that. But as far as my body wise, that happened around two thousand twelve, um, because. Uh, 2009, I had an exhibition out here with uh, Keebs out in the Bay Area. There's a battle, you know, and then he smoked me, right? Even though I practiced, right? I practiced like 10, little 10 rounds with my boy. And then that's how I'm going to get ready. Even though I practiced 10 rounds, um, when I battled Keebs, I could only go five. And then he got me in the end. And like I was winded. I was like, what the fuck? I was practicing. I was doing all this stuff. And then um, around 2012, Bebe from Ground Zero asked me to do uh, Roast the Most and, um, you know, go against Jeromeski. I said, like, okay, well, and I go, okay, I'll do it. But this time I was like, all right, man, like I can't, whatever happened with Keeves, I can't happen with Jeromeski. So then I remember that year, 2009, that year, I remember um, there was a Mighty Four. And the finals was, uh, it was semifinals, I think Cloud and Nasty Ray battled. Cloud lost, right? This is March 2009. Cloud lost. He's like, oh, man, my stamina is bad. I asked him, he's like, oh, my stamina is bad. 
then fast forward December, he got to the finals of Red Bull BC one. And that's how like Cloud kind of made his name mainstream wise, right? Because he battled Lilu in the finals in New York. And then he just stood out. Even though he didn't win, he stood out. And I was like, wait, I thought his stamina was bad. Then I found out he has a he has a guy in skill methods, this guy named Motion, who used to live in the Bay Area, and he did Muay Thai. And he was like, I was like, dude, how did Cloud come up? He's like, yo, I've been training Cloud. That's how he got the stamina. I was like, oh shit, no way. So that me remembering that, and then my boy, like I said, Glide, he's a Muay Thai trainer. So I was like, well, if Cloud did it, I'm a you know, train me, you know what I mean? Train me like to get ready because I don't want to get smoked like it already happened to me. And he fucking put me on this workout that was fucking grueling. And then I did really well in that battle against Jeromsky. Then a year later, I stopped training. Then a year later, I, later I had an exhibition battle with Choco from Taiwan. And then so I started the training again, did really good. So I saw this pattern and then I stopped again. Hmm. Then I would start again. And I was like, I saw this pattern. I was like, I think I got to work out to like maintain everything. <laughs> Who'd have thought, like, working out to maintain what you had? Yeah, I did it because, and then the last exhibition I had was about almost two years now. Now, not at this time, it's two years ago. It was like 2019, late 2019. And I was already after this. So I battled Skillroy in Hawaii, uh, 2017. And I remember that it was grueling to start again, to start the workouts again. Like, because that's how I would do. I would like work out for three months, do the battle, and then just let it go. And then gain weight and all this type of stuff. So after the skill or anything, I was like, nah, I don't want to start all over again, just in case I have another battle. <laughs> so then from 2017, I just stayed consistent with working out every week, like three times a week. And then and then, um, then um, I had the battle against Seth Latin, yeah, two years ago in October 2019. And when I did the heavy training, so I, I did the working out, but I didn't do the heavy training. Then when I did the heavy training for that for that battle in October 2019, it was easy to do because I didn't have to start all over again because I was consistent and I just kept going with it. So it was like, all right, I'm not stopping. Then what? And so it became apparent, like, okay, I'm good at like, oh, let me maintain like my working out stuff. Then COVID happened. And then that now it's like my like I did a few battles and like my body does not get tired. I did. I did a few battles during COVID. Like I went to Mexico twice, and yeah, there was like my stamina was like, "What the hell is going on?" It's like I'm fucking 25. Actually, better. Hmm. So it's kind of crazy. So now it's like my body right now is like next level. So I'm like, "Oh shit, there's no jams. There's nothing. Damn it!" Like, you know? <laughs> I guess I just have to train and just keep on going, right? Yeah. yeah. No, really, and just take care of myself, rest and stuff like that. Make sure I have rest days. Make sure that I don't train but not go too crazy where i don't i can't walk yeah. you know what i mean so it's been yeah so that's how it happened really that's how it yeah. happened with two, since 2012 but really consistencies yeah. consistently from 2009 uh 2017 and then 2020 was when it ramped up it's ramped mm. up right like right before this i just did my workout and then you know i ate and then I did this. Like I, I practice like intermittent fasting and stuff like that too. So yeah, like just a bunch of I do Wim Hof right now as far as breathing techniques. Um and yeah, man, and jump rope a lot. So that has really taken my health to other levels. I can I wouldn't have ever thought at forty five I would be at. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the also very surprising things is that even at like when in your Instagram, you're constantly like pushing, I mean, not even just Instagram, I think in just real life, you're just pushing your body even harder yeah. now yeah. that now than like before, right? Yeah. And like in, in my mind, when I see like people who've kind of lasted this long in the scene, they've had to change the way they yeah. dance, they've had yeah. to adjust the way they dance to their bodies. Kind of yeah. what's how have you kind of navigated that for yourself, right? Do you kind of like. Yeah do you adjust your style and like the way you move to the kind of like the reality of your body right now or do you continue to push your body so that you can kind of like do even more like yeah um have, have more flexibility in your dance yeah yeah i so again when i was uh when i was training and stuff like that like i said from 2017 let's say 2017 
to about yeah, 2020, let's say about that three years, I was training consistently. And then, uh, or 2019, I was battling consistently in 2019. Then it became what my body, because I lost flexibility. I used to be really more flexible. Like I used to do a lot of bridges when I was 25, 20 years ago, 2001. Um, and I lost that because I kind of concentrated on footwork and just footwork. And I locked on to footwork for a while. And then it was with the 808 kids. It was with Ark and Ijack. They used to live next door to me. And that's how they became floor games as well. And like, I would give them a lot of footwork ideas. And then, um, you know, they would do like, they have younger bodies. So they could do like, they're more flexible, stronger and all that stuff. So I give them some you know tips like, hey, you know, try this to this. And after, after a while, they were just like, one day they were like, why don't you try to do it, bro? I was like, okay. And it was as simple as that. Like, okay, why not? And then through 2020, you know, my body actually changing again. I'm starting to try to get my flexibility back. So now I've been working on my bridges a lot. It's tough because now I'm finding a little bit of injury. But now it's like, why not? Like, why not try to get that flexibility like I had 20 years ago? Even though my shoulders are calcified from footwork this whole like for, for like 20 years. But it's like, well, if I work at it. And the thing is, my attitude about working at it is different. That's what's different from everyone else. Um, I don't have a young man's mentality of working. A young man's mentality is like, work till you're dead. I'm more like farmer strength. I work every day, but I chip away at it. Versus mm -hmm. trying to like beat it into submission. It's more like, let me be patient with it. Let me, mm -hmm. And it might take a long time. And that's what's yeah. different about me and everyone else is that I don't just push. I work on it till it's there or it's not. The thing is, are you patient to work on it that much? Because if you don't have patience, you're going to get frustrated. I don't have it yet. Ah! Now you got to look at the progress. Okay. What I, well, okay. Okay. Let me check. Like, let me, let me observe the progress. Okay. I made a little bit. It's a little bit better today. Dope. I just got to keep doing that. And it's it, and that's discipline a disciplined mind, which mm -hmm. is part of patience. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's not instant gratification. Yeah. Because if it was Instagram, I would have gave up a long time ago. Like yeah. I've been working on flares for twenty years. I still, you know, what I mean, like it's ridiculous that I worked on flares twenty years. But it's just because I don't force my body into anything. You know, I'm very aware of like, oh, this hurts. Let me stay away from it. And that's another way I I stayed longer in the game than anyone else is because even my friends that are younger than me that kind of like slowed down because of an injury because at practice they're like i remember this one time a, a good friend of mine we were at practice and he's like you're not doing anything i was like well i just did what i had to do so you gotta push it messed up his back a year later he's been out of the game i mean he's moved on in his life you know like to some but he was like at this point where he was like get, gonna get big recognition and he blew his back out because he had that mentality of like, let me push through it versus like, why not check in with my body and see if it could do it or not? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I do all the time. Let me check in with my body. <laughs> you know, there's a time to push and there's a time to rest and there's a time to maintain. Yeah. And what you got to do as a practitioner is be honest with yourself. Yeah. The problem is the mind goes, no, you can do it. It's testosterone. You can do it. You can put, no, yeah. don't do that. Listen yeah. to your body. Like if your body goes, yo, this fucking hurts. <laughs> fucking stop. <laughs> no, that's, that is true. Cause like, I feel like a lot of b-boying culture and breaking culture in general is like a very young man slash woman's yeah. endeavor. And so it would make yeah. sense that like the impulsiveness of young people would just come out in our yeah. approach to dancing, to practice, to maintenance and things like that. So like, we're kind of at this unique stage right now in our history where our pioneers are like middle-aged yeah. like slash like getting over the middle-aged hump yeah. and now they're starting to like realize like hey, the actual long-term effects of your of breaking on your body like what it'll actually do if you try to like if you like continue to practice stabbing on your yeah. like what's going to do your wrists what's going to do yeah. your elbows what's going to do yeah. your head and yes i yes. mean the the pattern baldness is like a thing. Now, but <laughs> it's funny because I started working on Hespins this week. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna try to learn that shit now. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it, fuck it, I'm getting older. But um, 
you know, and there's like the uh, there's a like better breaking J Soul from um, Battleborn. He has a lot. He has a good uh, IG where it talks about building muscle around your breaking functions. You know what I mean? You're building muscles so that way you don't have to actually break. You can actually do. And that's my thing. Like I probably break once a week, really, but I work out like six times a week. Yeah, I'm building the muscles that are around breaking. You know what I mean? That way I don't have to break and bash my body. So by the time I break, the muscles are there. So it's just about like walking through the technique and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's building, you know, a lot. My whole thing is building the muscles around breaking that without hitting the floor, without the impact. So that way, when you do have a practice or a session, you're getting full, you're getting the full uh, outcome, even without fucking slamming yourself on the floor. You could still yeah. do it. It's just practicing smart versus just, yeah, like what yep. you said, impulsive and just like, I have to get the technique. But it's like, you know, and, and me and Rockstar have talked about this and, you know, he can kind of confirm it with me. It's like, when you're at practice and you hit the peak of a move, let's say you're working on, I don't know, flare, air flare, right? You're working on that move and then you hit it nice. That's the peak of when you got it. What people usually do is go, I got to do it again. It's actually the best advice is don't do it again because you're going to come back. Let's say you do, you keep doing it, right? Let's say at the peak of practice, you did flare air flare, right? Then you go, I got to do it again. I got to hit it again. Your muscle memory starts locking into like, you're getting more tired and then the technique becomes bad. And then you stop practice. You're leaving practice with the bad muscle memory. So when you come back to work on it again, it's picking up from the bad muscle memory versus picking it up when you like you hit it and you just let it go. Okay, cool. So that when you have rest, you're coming back to the good muscle memory. So you get that's more of being locked in. <laughs> that's you're actually good. you're more locking it in than you are just working it till your muscle memory goes. You're tired and your you get bad form and all that stuff. So that's why I worked out because then. Well, I won't have the technique, right? Let's say I worked on flare air flare. I hit it at the peak, right? I hit it. Then I drop it. If I work those muscles the next day, even though I'm not working at the air flare, I'm working those muscles and I'm rested. So by the time I get back to the flare air flare, the last muscle memory I had was the good shit. So I just lock that in again. And I keep locking those, locking the good technique over and over again. So you're like really strategic with kind of like yeah. how you organize your practice and yes. also how you organize like just knowing how your body is going to respond to these yeah. like stimulus. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like if I just if I just beat my body up, I won't make progression. You know what I mean? I practice or I practice and I train so that way I can dance. I do all this stuff so I can dance versus like beat myself up and I can't dance the next fucking two days. Like I want to dance. I want to be able to move. And so it's like, and it's just like, and at the same time, I do have an advantage over everyone else. I've been in the scene for 30 years. Mm -hmm. So certain things are muscle memory. I don't have to practice. I just have to maintain my body. Yeah. So I do have a, uh, I do have a, a advantage of that, but you know, when I train clients or when I train people under me, it's like, this is what I tell them. Like, you know, it's funny because it's like for everyone has different strengths and different weaknesses. So it's like, I, oh, if I take on a client or someone I train, I always work on your weaknesses. I never work on your strengths. Why work on your strengths? You have it already. So I challenge you with weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. and that's something I discovered, and it does help because it opens your mind too. You know what I mean? That's why I work on power. Like, why do I? I I can work on footwork. I know how to do footwork. And if I want to ever be imagined, if I could do footwork, what's hard for me is power. So I work on power. It's just going to make my footwork better. Because yeah, I'm getting all these little micro, uh, you know, neural network connections that helps my just my like my main thing, you know, my my, my main craft. You know what I'm saying? It's helping yeah. me grow, and that's another thing that keeps me. And that's to kind of answer what you were asking prior to what we recorded. Is that what? That's what keeps me inspired. I'm inspired by the challenge. Hmm. Infinite moves out there I don't have, so why not do it? Try it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, an interview that Yan the Shrimp did a long time. I forgot which where it was, but he told like he said in the interview that he did footwork so he could figure out how to get into different ways to get into power because he was like right. a major powerhead back in the day. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, oh, yeah. like I just want to, I want to try different 
ways of entering in and out of yeah. my power yeah that's real because his power is crazy and now it's like even his flow is crazy now just because he opened that door he was just like mm -hmm. i'm all and it just it, it helps you grow as far as your imagination your neural uh, network as far as connecting things and creating transitions or learning type of things and that's like, even from jump rope for me it's the same thing you know it's like it's open more neural networks so that way it makes my breaking better different approaches and you know yeah. and a lot of us older guys talk about that you know just like go get into other things than just breaking like get into like maybe making music or djing or like you know art something that stipulates yeah photography whatever it is you know yeah. video editing whatever it is it's because it creates it gives you a different uh perspective and once mm -hmm. you have a different perspective you could actually start invading the same things that everyone else is doing but from your perspective and that's where the creative juices are flowing. That's why it's like, what am I inspired by? I'm inspired by everything. You know, it just depends on like when and where it happens. And it's just like, it could be just, I mean, on the bus or somewhere. It's like, oh yeah, I can connect this move to that move. You know what I mean? Or, oh yeah, let me try this. And then, you know, that's the creativeness. Even though someone else has done it, it's still more like, can I do it? The question is, can I do it? And I, I, I think uh, that helps. It helps you stay. In, for me, that's what helps me stay in the game, because I like it. You know, I can. I'm not. I battle not to win. I battle to see if I can do it. <laughs> really, I. It's always can I try this new shit that I created two weeks ago or a year ago? Can I get it in front of people? I, I battle more for that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll more for that. Can I do it? Why not? You know, mm -hmm. and that's it. And, you know, winning or losing, yeah, it sucks if the judge is against you. Yeah, it sucks if you lose. But, you know, in the end of the day, I mean, and that's the thing that I tell a lot of people. Um, so I'm from a time prior competition. When I was mm -hmm. coming up, there was no such thing as competition. That was mm -hmm. new. Like 95, 96, I was kind of like, it was there, but. You know, after the battle, your tapes got passed on, and then, then all of a sudden your reps on. Then when you take YouTube came out, let's forget about it. You know what I mean? So everyone in this generation, and even after my generation, is grown up on competition, and that's how you make your rep. Well, to me, it's fun, and I happen to battle. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm happy to be here. You know, mm -hmm. and once I, and at the same time, this is, sounds super hippy dippity, but once i stopped chasing to win is when all the accolades came which was funny as hell when i was trying <laughs> to get those accolades it was like a far reach i said Fuck it whatever you know i'm gonna just i like mm -hmm. this doing this thing and then a lot of the accolades came which mm -hmm. was like yeah, it seems counterintuitive but i discovered that it still happens to this day you know what i mean like it still happens to this day when i just let it go i know that sounds super hippie but if i wanted to put it in practical terms you got to know why you want the accolades. Mm, there's like a deeper thing underneath all that. It's your why. And this, okay, now going to answer the other question you had about like, what's the problem with the generations? Why I see them come up and down, you know what I mean? For each, each. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cause like, I think like something, something that people forget is that each generation has like a particular set of values just in like yeah. culture in general like yeah. i my parents came from like an immigrant my parents were immigrants and so right. their values were survival and making right. it work right. physically in this country yeah. right like we why like in your perspective and also yeah. you were talking a little bit about like pre-competition now post-competition days like what do you think are the values of your generation and what do you see like the emerging values of um this new generation of dancers right my generation, like straight up my first generation, the first generation I started dancing, it was just fun. It literally was just fun. You might get attention from girls and this and that at the jam when there was girls. Because when we had jams, they were actually jams. They weren't competitions. They were like clubs for kids because kids can't get into clubs, right? Like, <laughs> but it wasn't like, but then back then it was like, we had party dances. We had, we they played a slow song at the end of the night because if you're dancing in the cypher at the circle and a girl saw you, then they play some Jodeci. You're going to ask her to dance and get her number. That's what it was back then. That's that's what I'm saying. It was pre-competition, right? Mm -hmm. 
but it died because there was no competition because it was like well then the girls started liking some other things and the guys followed like that's how it was like it was very trendy and i stuck around because i just stuck around then competition became more like you know very specific centric right so there was no girls girls don't care about that they just you know but guys care about competing right so it's like mm -hmm. it became that so that's so for my generation it was just for fun it literally was for fun and maybe like some girls saw you right like you're, you're like you're kind of hood famous it's like oh he's the guy who could dance right it was, it was that it was like, ah it's the break dancer or whatever you know what i mean it's a dancer or whatever then uh after that was like the competition era then became more within you know echo chamber of like well i could flare 90 you could walk a windmill 90. it was it's like very competitive like in that nature i got my trophy now radiotron came out i got my trophy now you know yeah so that's that generation like you know and then after that well i would say with the bow of the year type stuff the international thing then became like oh you could rep the world that's mm -hmm. when it kind of started to change that changed too like well instead of winning like this radiotron is like i'm the king of fucking california that became like the king of america then it was like fuck i could win an international competition and be world renowned that's where the values i mean but it's 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 really it's based on the outside validation still you know what i mean and that's why it's like right now it's like even more like you gotta understand youtube to me is like nothing mm -hmm. i know that's not because i grew up on tv but then you gotta think about general generation generationally when movies were out first then tv came out those people like tv whatever you know what I mean? Like TV, that's yeah. some cheap whatever. It's not movies, right? So then for me, it's like it's just YouTube. Who cares? It's just IG blue check. What? I don't care. Well, people, oh my god, you're not blue check. Oh, you know how many followers you have? Like, mm -hmm. it's not TV to me. So it's like it's different. Like, oh, that guy's famous. Like, really? That guy's famous. Mm -hmm. So for me, in my perspective, I don't have the same perspective. I don't, which means I don't have the same pressure. Of like impressing and like i can't fuck up i can't even though i do it my own just on my own shit but let alone like this other it's not it's not like how you guys feel it because you guys grew up in it mm -hmm. i was already old like by the time it got, got popular right youtube yeah. came out in 2004 i was already like 29. yeah <laughs> when youtube came out i was 29 so it was already asked me man it was already like okay some kids doing this shit. yeah you know what i mean i just understand the marketing of it but I don't have the same like um it's this thing you know what i mean it's this mm -hmm. thing i gotta be this thing i i don't feel that way i just use it it's just a job i look at oh it's just a job mm -hmm. yeah it's just a job i'm just posting because it helps my business but i don't look at it like oh man you can't do that you can't like everyone's pictures you know all that shit. like i don't care like, i don't care whatever you know yeah. so that's, I think, the main difference right now is, like, you guys have more pressure than I ever did. Mm -hmm. Than I ever did. You have more pressure to, like, you got to win. You got to be this. The new words, influencer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's 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 the main thing. But it's all, but honestly, it all comes down to the same thing that when I was a kid. It's just to impress mm -hmm. people. Yeah. It's just, like, less pre it's less pressure than it is now. That's all the difference. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah and that's what humbles me it's like well i came from that i'm just happy to be here because it didn't even fucking exist who would have known i i mm -hmm. would have known i went i would have gone like you know 33 countries around the world 100 cities i didn't know that when i was dancing back i didn't know that right now kids that are doing it it's like you bet you know parents are kind of like soccer moms like you better so you can do that you know what i mean like mm. it's a different pressure you know what i mean i'm just like that's why my attitude is like, i'm happy i'm just happy to be here I have to do yeah. this that's why you know and i yeah. uh, if this generation could kind of just slow down and allow it you know and then get specific of what you want if you want attention and this is how, what it is when people don't get attention from it they'll usually drop it that's why that's the psychology of it if you don't get attention from it you drop it you find something else you get attention for and that's in micro or macro right mm -hmm. um for me at this point i'm just more like i like this shit. you know i like it it's fun it's fun to me at this mm -hmm. point you know i still compete but still like it's fun i get to do interviews i get to like people ask my opinion and stuff like that i'm getting attention by being positive so 
that's why I'm saying my intention is that. So you have to find out what your intention is. Because if you just rely on the win, oh man, you're fucked. Because yeah. you'll quit. You'll yeah. quit. Because guess what? At this point, I think Vox did a thing on Silverback three years ago, four years ago. And they estimate a hundred a million practitioners already in breaking. Wow. A million. When I won Battle of the Year with Rock Force in '98, maybe 300 crews around the world. <laughs> maybe. Now it's a million practitioners. The it's because back then is like being in the M yeah. NFL first year. Mm. It's easier to win a, you know the yeah. Super Bowl the first year of NFL. Yeah. Now it's going to be really difficult to be the Issei or the vicious Vic or it's going to be more difficult than when I came up. Yeah. So you can't put as much pressure on yourself. And then everyone's kind of good. You know what I mean? Everyone's kind of good. Like meaning like there's specialists. There's guys that got excellent power, no footwork, no top rock. Excellent top rock, no footwork, no power. Then the guys on top are the guys that are decent at certain things, but really, you know what I mean? So everyone's fucking good. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you got to ask what you want because you might not get, it might not happen the way you want it. Like I want to win freestyle session, whatever. Well, why do you want to win it? So I could get this job. Well, okay. Why don't you just get the job? Mm -hmm. Like there's other pathways to do get yeah, what you want. If exactly. you just kind of like think. Yeah. You just got it. And that's me and Mex talked about that too. You know, it's like kind of like, you know, you got to be smart about it because at this point, it's getting thinner to be that kind of world champion guy. So you got to figure out your your niche, and you know, and you could be as specific as you want because it doesn't exist. And if it does exist, someone already created it. So get with them and get with this vibe. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, there's not there's more ways to get you know there's more ways to get where you want than just I got to win a Red Bull, I got to win an Olympics. It could be part of your way, but there's other ways. Like we're still this is still a you know, even though, you know, the Olympics is a sport, it's still an art form. You know, we're more, to me, we're more closer to musical artists than we are competitors because everyone has a different style. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone that's a fan of fucking Lil Uzi Vert is not going to be the same fans of A Tribe Called Quest, but all of them are still working. You're just not going to be as popular as Lil Uzi Vert to a certain age demographic. Yeah. But you can still retain. You can still, there's tribes, tribal coast still has tribal coast fans. So mm -hmm. it's just, and that's why I'm saying if you, most of the people that talk shit, you're talking shit. It's jealousy, man. I'm starting, as I get old, everyone's just jealous. Cause you do, you can't find your group. You can't find your tribe. You can't find people that like your style. But the actual truth of it is, it's probably not going to be as popular. Mm -hmm. Just not as going to be as popular as a pocket. Yeah, or Pepito and I mean Pepito and Cipher is really, um, yeah, Pepito oh. from Australia. He's a textbook example. Like I love his, I love his yeah. approach to like yeah. YouTube because he like he wants to preserve and like encapsulate moments in the Cipher exactly. that you normally never see. Like nobody ever like films Cipher battles, yeah. jams because yeah, that's real. Jams aren't the, the ciphers aren't the focus of the jam anymore. Um, yeah. It's more about the competition that comes in right. the jam. But, um, and the thing is, I, that could change too. Mm -hmm. You never know. What if like some guy is like a media guy who knows how to film good. is like, you know what? I'm just going to film every cipher and make it good footage and then have an IG of just that or YouTube of just that. So that guy already filled a certain space. So let's say I want to get that. I don't want to do fucking uh, DC1, but I might be killing it on that guy's channel because I'm on every cipher fucking killing everyone. There's a there's a way you know you just mm -hmm. have to create it and that's and that's where the shit you know because it's different value systems mm -hmm. that's a problem because this is not an exact science sport like you know like basketball you put the ball through the hoop everything else is technicalities ball through the hoop you win the thing this one's still based on opinion that means it's still art in that sense right in that sense you can still create it the way you want it maybe you're good in your living room and that's it like, you make dope shit for your living. Fuck it. That's what you like to do. All right. You know, I don't like to battle. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know I mean, like maybe you make a podcast. Maybe you do it. There's it's infinite, but it's mm -hmm. work 
it, and it, first you gotta know what you want to do with it why do you want to do with it you want just to do with it okay cool do it just yeah. do it cool don't worry about the views yeah. just do it right yeah i want views well then concentrate on how to get that study your marketing like yeah you have to always study it's your intent and then study to get there you know what i mean versus just like oh that guy everyone likes pocket just because he does the air force but he's not real people like, get out of here can't say that what he does not fucking amazing fucking amazing <laughs> yeah don't sure. hit on it like, it just yeah, doesn't yeah. speak to you that mm-hmm. i have fun doesn't speak to you that's fine yeah. Create some shit where you get the attention if that's what you want. Because ultimately, yeah. if you're that good, you could be in the garage by yourself and be good. Yeah. Zooming out a little bit, um, yeah. I know there's a lot we could both agree about. On, yeah. There's a lot we can agree on in terms of like um, critiquing um, younger generations of dance. What do you yeah. see as actually a positive trait from this new generation that they're actually contributing to the global like dance scene? Because a lot, I hear a lot of things about like the ways younger generations of dancers are ruining the essence of the dance, or ruining kind of like yeah. um, things in the way things were. But what are they actually adding that's a positive? What that you feel is a positive aspect to the community and culture? I think what's positive is that you know there's more sense of a community as far as like real time. You can meet friends online. You know, I mean, we never had that advantage, right? You can meet someone online that speaks to your style and you actually create something. Like I said, this is where your event, because before there would be no reach. Let's say I, would, I lived in Texas and I threw this, like I threw a cypher jam and, you know, it was only 20 people that came and it's just my friends and that's it. Right. And then it would take maybe a year before people start coming because people would start talking about it. Now you could just fucking put out a flyer. Not just that. You could just be, you could be live at the damn jam and and then and then people could see it and then oh i want to go there next month you know what i mean you guys have that advantage you guys are a little bit more open too for sure i think you know what i like about this generation is because of the global globalization of you know being online is that things get kind of purged faster too and i'll be very you know, blunt, like for instance, like, you know, with the crazy legs thing. Before he couldn't get away with that. Now, I mean, before he got away, actually, he got away with it. Now he can't. You know what I mean? Like, now you can't. Like, there's people coming, there's things happening in the woodworks where shit, like, it's not getting a pass. Because, you know, everyone, the, the, you know, the people have spoken. You know what I mean? Shit comes up to light. So that's one thing. It's like, you guys are, you guys are kind of like, you guys could process and purge more than we can. You know what I mean? Because you guys, everyone has a voice now to talk about, hey, that's wrong. Even what happened with Dizzy, everyone kind of just went, fuck it. And boom, you know? Like, it just exposed, like, oh, shit. Like, you know, or even though, like, you know, Black Lives Matter, stuff like that. That All that type of stuff happened because of your guys' generation. You know, just because you have the access to. And I think you guys could learn quick. Yeah, you guys could learn quick. It's just like, I don't want to add a but, but we'll talk about whatever later. I, it's just, that's your access. You guys are, and you guys are hungry to know. You know what I mean? So, okay, and this is why I'll explain this part. For me, why I like doing interviews, because so you guys can understand my perspective. Not just go, you guys suck. Like, <laughs> you guys suck, and you guys just suck. I'm more like, this is my perspective. Look at why I look at the, the, you know, look at the way I grew up, look at everything. And this is why I feel the way I feel. I hope you guys can see that. And then you guys can make a decision from there. How you might want to take it. Ah, it doesn't speak to me. All right, cool. Some people, oh, it speaks to me. Dope. Some people are like, I like this part. Let me expand on this part. All right, cool. Whatever. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, you guys have the perfect opportunity. Well, it, uh, you guys have the perfect opportunity to take what we've done to the next level. And you guys are movement wise. You guys definitely are movement wise. My whole thing is like to learn about just a little bit more about hip hop and, you know, um, then deeper than that, not deeper than that. It's like learn about yourselves and why you pick what you pick. You know what I mean, there's a psychological part and the spiritual part 
and the physical part that you guys are, have to understand in yourselves before you start making these decisions. You know, but it's hard because when you're young, you know, they say like you're not you're, your frontal lobe cortex doesn't really form till you're 25. So it's like I know that says a lot, like I'm insulting, but if you're aware of that, then impulses you can actually step back and wait. Why do I really want to do this? Why do I really want to do this? And that's like then you can start making those decisions that will help the long run versus just the quick impulses. You know what I mean? That's psychological stuff, but it all yeah, to me, yeah, it all, yeah. it all, it all but, comes together. Mm -hmm. You know, for your breaking and for your longevity, for your for your intention, for your, you know how you contribute to this society. You know what I mean? And your purpose and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. you guys have yeah, a big opportunity. You guys just uh, gotta pay attention. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Like this generation has the because we are. We know how to get information and how to disseminate yeah. information. I think this yeah. generation has the potential to synthesize um, yes. a lot, but also be one of, has the potential to be one of the most introspective yeah. generations. One, we're forced into introspective too. That's the thing. The, the COVID thing forced us into introspective. That's why I think it's a, a lot. A lot of it's a blessing because it's like it forced like it it, it forced life to slow down. You know what I mean? And exposed a lot. Even in like, you know, you, you hear a lot about mental health right now because what? They've never had to sit down and, you know, everything was go, 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 go. You know, instead of like, am I really, I'm, I'm here. What does here mean? You know, what am I, there's no jams. What does that mean? Who am I now? You know what I mean? You, it, it forced the introspective. Well, use it now. Like, yeah, good. Because once everything starts racing again, then you'll be back in the fucking fuck it. I don't care. Like you're just in the fucking grinder, just just doing, just doing versus like, oh wait, let me take a step back, you know. And you know, it's like I, I mean, I'm an old dude, man. Like I still complain about young people, and like I look at like a lot of my students, I'm like, God, rub my eyes and shit. <laughs> I try not to be that, but I try to give them kind of perspective though too. You know, I try to give perspective and like, okay, this is why. Like you gotta, you know, and I say the same thing you know, I'm saying now. It's like you gotta know your intention. You gotta know that your mind, your body, and your soul have its own minds. Your body has its own mind. You know, I call it the animal. Your mind has its own mind, your logical mind, and then you put you add trauma with that. That's why it's like when the I always say it to this, it's like if the animal and the trauma in you make your decisions, no knowledge will help that. Because your fucking trauma will justify anything. You'll justify it. Like, look at Hitler. He had good intentions. But that guy was so traumatized by whatever, he created this fucking crazy ass shit. So who says that won't happen to you? You have good intentions. Yeah. yeah. See that trauma first before you act on it. Yeah. Because you'll logic everything. I should kill this guy because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> Speaking of the hypothetical, of course. Yeah. Huh? Speaking the hypothetical, of course, because for our listeners, he quote unquote, that's what yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally what he did. You know, it's funny because like I, I heard you say like, I'm really freaking, I'm just a really old guy. That's going to be, I'm going to put that as the Instagram quote in this podcast. <laughs> just like Provo one, like I'm a really old guy. I mean, I, in a lot of ways, I'm in bed by nine o'clock, you know, all that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's still that. You're just giving me ammunition now to just put all these quotes out of context on the Instagram. I'm in bed by nine o'clock. I'm snoring. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Oh, but, yeah. it is, it is, it, it, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you guys have so much information. Now it's about using, now it's about doing the inner wisdom and applying that knowledge you know what i mean and you know everything will be okay you know what i'm saying everyone will be okay just you know i always say question everything even your own actions question it you know it's not bad to question don't beat yourself up like you know there's that oh i stopped i do this because no just be very existential very very honest and just okay well how can i change it now what yeah. and what do i need to practice to change it and again it's the chipping away thing you chip away at it it'll happen that has become, are you patient? And that's the thing. That's a practice too. There's a lot of things, you know, you could do to like better yourself. And I think this generation is really into it. It's just the application is probably the hard, and that's for anyone. The application, even for me, the application is the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. But if you keep chipping away with it, you will, it'll happen. 
you just won't yeah. you won't even notice it you'll be like oh shit i did it so many times that now it's part of me at first it's going to be like there's no difference you won't see it because you know we're living in this time but then once you look back you know, okay i made progression that's going to inspire yeah. you more to make more progression you know? yeah yeah you're getting super like out of there yeah. <laughs> not really breaking so much but yeah <laughs> yeah if you were to synthesize kind of like some advice for like the new generation of dancers and just the new generation of breakers, um, what would you kind of like, what would be like the big things that you would want new dancers to just kind of like take in? That's hard. That's difficult. That's difficult. Because mm. the thing is, the, the part of the problem right now is there's too much information right the, the problem right now is there's too much information and you don't know what's what ah shit one again what's your intention you know what i mean i mean one thing is let's say you're watching let's say you're watching a bunch of battles or youtube or whatever of b-boys and b-girls then you say let's say i don't know uh wing zero i really like wing zero then you have to go, why do I like Windsor? Right? Then you go, what's his influences? Who is his teacher? And you do you start doing the research. That will lead you to some type of like opening of just like the why. Once you know the why, it's a little bit easier where you want to go. Once you ask someone else's why, and then why I like that. And then why did he do it? And does that vibe with me? Then that will lead you to the other questions of like, okay, what's that history? Then you go, it's like a rabbit hole. Then you start asking more questions. And with, with every time you ask that question and they'll eventually be uh, answered, then all of a sudden you get deeper into the culture. Versus like, it just looks cool and I want to do it. Like, that's not, you're not going to, you're because I want you to go down the rabbit hole. Because if I just show, hey, look at this guy, look at this guy, that's going to take away from you. If I just say, look at Ken Swift, you're like, you're watching me like, eh, <laughs> right? For some young people, if I, if I tell a 12-year-old, just watch Ken Swift, that's all you got to do. He might be like, eh, I'm watching Suki. But if he asks why I like Suki, then who's his teachers? It'll lead to Ken Swift. It'll lead to the OGs. It'll lead, the, and that's what I'm saying. Then you have a broader path of where you want to go. You know what I mean? Why you like what? And then it, that's what opens you up. And then me just telling you. I mean, the other thing is if I work with you, like, you know, like I work with my clients or I work with people I work with, I, that's, I'm, I have, they have access to me. So I could tell them why this is dope to me. Why, why is that dope to you? I could ask you that. Why is that dope to you? And then I could give you the history of why that's, and then, then you create from there. So that's the thing. But the thing is, I'm talking about if you don't have any mentors in your life. And you're just like stuck in like Arkansas, and you know, you just like who you like. You're watching fucking Red Bull, and here comes you know Kilakoya. All right, cool. Kilakoya's in systems, and he's in dynamic. Okay, who's in dynamic? Who's in system? Where is he from? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. What? How is that breaking style? See what I'm saying? Then it leads down the rabbit hole. So that's what I'm saying. Ask why you like what you like, because it's always, it's always gonna happen, right? Like, I know I'd be too prejudiced, but the most likely, if you like Wing Zero, you probably like One Piece. You probably like anime, because he's like a living anime. Right? Like, that doesn't speak to me. That's not, I'm more, you know. You just exposed all the weebs that are going to be listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> I don't get anime. Like, I don't. Like, that's my thing. It's like, yeah, you guys like anime too much. Like, what the fuck? Even though I grew up in some anime. But again, okay, like, just to expose myself. Like, I'm metal. Like, I grew up on Metallica. Even though it's like I dance funky and I like, you know, a lot of like, you know, black music, my attitude's metal. I'm aggro fucking aggressive. That's who I am. It might not speak to you, but even for me as an old guy, I was like, why do you guys like lo fi so much? Like, <laughs> like, why? I like it, but you guys are obsessed with it. Like, I, I, for me to understand you guys, I ask these questions. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I asked, okay, Jake Dilla. All right, great, okay. And it's funny because, like, on some hip hop shit, 
Like I remember Tribe Called Quest, uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. I didn't like that album. That's all Jay Dilla beats. When it came out in 96, I was like, I like the old Tribe. So, but do I understand it? Yeah, because I did the research, because I asked the questions. Like, why do you guys like Lo-Fi so much? You know what I mean? It's like, and I, or even trap music or gangster music. Like, I'm really connect. I really try to understand people and your and the culture. That way, I don't just hate. I just gotta explain why I don't like why it doesn't speak to me. That's what I'm saying. It's like if, that's why it's like you know, like you don't see it, but if you look at my attitude, I'm aggro, uber masculine, you know, Metallica. Like if ain't Metallica, that's like Wu Tang has the same energy as Metallica to me. That's what speaks to me. Like it's fucking aggressive. Like, rah, but that's my. I'm a Gen Xer, man. We're fucking angry. Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, I, but see that's what i'm saying it's like it's just yeah. to understand and yeah. why for me it's like okay i understand my anger because like for instance and this is where i get super ranty um if i haven't been already um why the black lives matter thing to me didn't make sense it's like it's been the case it's always been fuck the police it's never been good like you guys are noticing it now like you got really you're only noticing it now and i think it's because this culture and hip-hop I'm just gonna stop music. It's all about getting money, getting the money. So no one talked about this shit. But when I grew up, this is all you heard on the radio was like "fuck the police." All you heard on the radio was like "question authority." All you heard on the radio was not all good. You know what I mean? Like you know, it was Karis One. It was these conscious. It was Tribe Called Quest, Public Enemy. These were these were being the radio. I listened to. It was like, yeah, fuck that. This is a fucking establishment. Versus like 20 years later, like no, nah, everything's all good. We're dancing on TikTok, blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, this fucking shit happens. They're like. What happened? I even saw one YouTuber said, uh, African-American YouTuber said he's never felt racism before. I'm like, whoa. I don't know if that's progressive or not because that put him in a situation where it's just like, he was never exposed to this prejudice. I was like, but it's been out there. It's been there. Even what's going on, you know, in California right now, like with a lot of like African, young African-Americans attacking Asian elderly. You know what I mean? It's like, it's been happening. And you know, a lot of people are like, is it racist? I go, it's racist in a certain sense of they know that the elderly Asian people aren't going to fight back. That's why they're only being picked. Yeah, That's like it's not necessarily like racism in the sense of like, that like nefarious, like, yeah. I like, just don't like your person. It's more, yeah. it's, but it is like a racial attack. <laughs> Yeah, because they know yeah, that it, they robbed a black, elderly black, they're going to say some shit. They're going to yell, they're going to scream, they're going to do some... Like, that's just what it is, you know? It's just part... And this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's racial, but not because... Because if there was a weaker... Like, people that aren't going to be... Going to be a little bit more passive, you're going to fucking vic them. Doesn't matter. If they look like they're going to be fucking passive, I'm going to get them. And it's just like, if violence begets violence. Police black up, beat up black people, black up... You know, it's just like a cycle versus just, and that's the animal too. That's trauma, and that's what I'm saying. When the trauma and the animal mix is, things don't go good. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's what Hitler was, the trauma and the animal. Yeah. And he just, you know, logic justified his, his action. And it's just, that's not good. Yeah. So if you can, if you want to, if there's a cause that you want to go for, then create something that will be positive for it. Where it's like, you're on your leg. You know what I mean? You're lame. Yeah. Where you're not affecting anyone else. No one else has to do with it. You know what I mean? Instead of just like, well, like, let's demolish these people. Let's demolish this. That's why I'm yeah. not about fuck the young guys. Well, I am fuck the young guys, but like, not like, <laughs> but you know, but not like let's destroy them and everything you yeah. do is stupid. No, I just want you guys to broaden your perspective. Like, yeah. and in a way, like we were saying earlier, that's applied. Mm-hmm. Like really trying to understand us and you know and i because i do try to understand the youth like you said like you said like the wing zero thing that was you laugh because you're like yeah it's true <laughs> it's like he's a living one piece it's like i don't even know one piece <laughs> but he is like, yeah yeah for sure yeah just like a deeper sense of introspection it's a lot of crazy faces and it's like okay wing zero <laughs> yeah yeah it's bragging <laughs> yeah definitely like it's gonna be like this generation like i feel like if it can have like 
a little bit of introspection and also a lot more nuance to kind of like the way the world works. Yeah. I think this gen like my generation can like carry a lot of things forward yeah. in really interesting, really, really beneficial ways, yeah. not just for like the breaking community, but for yeah, like, societies no, and communities that we live in as well. Because everyone's smart, man. Right now, everyone's smart, but they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know firsthand. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to say some spiritual quote then you know, show my ass. Like, like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how does that have to do with... Okay, I guess it's positive. Like, yeah. I get it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not fine. Sure. A lot of things... I was just talking to a young man earlier, too. After my, before, after my workout, he was talking about this crazy shit. I'm like, um, that's good in theory, dude. But in reality, it's not good, man. Like, it was just, I don't want to give too many details, but it was just like in relationships, like polyamory. You know, he was talking about polyamory. I was like, like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. yes, but no. Like, you didn't read the signs in between, <laughs> like, to be like, you just started, yeah. yes, go. I'm like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> just don't. Yeah. You got to yeah. read everything. Like, yeah. oh, I'm like, yeah, that's mm. why things didn't come out. The way you expect it to be. Yeah. Again, sure. impulse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, because everyone says it's cool. Like, <laughs> you're not reading this, the actual situation. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of it, because you're not actually reading the situation. That's like, you know, someone saying, yeah, this is a top rock cipher, but they're doing power. But you said, but you just, instead of listening to someone that's not paying attention, actually being there, oh, this is what's going on. All right, let me move over here. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of that. Like, and then you're trying to change it. Like, oh, don't do that. Just, oh, it's really just being aware. And I think that's that's my main thing. I guess I could say that to you. That's a tool that's helped me is just be aware. Try to have awareness of everything. Be very aware of everything. Your thoughts, the other person's thoughts, your present moment, you know, your, you know, your body you know why you want to do this if you're aware of it then you can really make that's where you can really make the big decisions to go to the direction you want to go but you have to be aware you know awesome yeah there's a lot, Water, a lot waterfall of information but uh, yeah, just to close out you, close out this interview i wanted to ask you a fun question i don't know if you're into sneakers or not yeah, but a little bit I, tiny bit, a tiny little bit. bit. so um i wanted to ask like what is your favorite shoe to dance in Ooh. What's your or we can we can go to categories too because I know like we sometimes people have different I, I, shoes or different things. But we can do dance shoes. We can do lifestyle. We can do workout. Okay, okay. Uh, honestly, if it was like some lifestyle shit, I do like Jordan still. Like a lot of the early Jordan stuff. Like I still like all the early Jordan stuff. But that's not that I won't rock any of my runners in the lifestyle shit either. But. Like, if I'm wearing Jordans, most likely I'm a club and they play some banger shit. I'm not going to dance, right? I'm going to be very careful. <laughs> like, I'm just going to top rock, like, oh man. But if it was on some, but like some lifestyle that I could both, like, you know, lifestyle and dance in, um, the Air Zooms, they came out again. Those shits are dope. The Air Zoom runners, um, the Wolf, uh, not the Wolf, forgot what they're called, but they're Air Zoom Spirit, Air Zoom Spiritons. Those are do dope. Um, this guy, Christian, forgot how to spell his last name, but, you know, he created the Air Spiridon, like, in the 97. He created that. He created 97s. He created 98. He designed those things. That guy's run, he he designed, I think, the Reebok, Reebok Aztecs, I think. I think, you know, they're, they're the, like, everyone, they're, they're the reissues. They reissued them, like, two years ago. Like, his design stuff of that run in the late 90s are the shit. Like, just that type of shit are the shit. Um, and that's why I do like runners a lot. Like to me, like I just got, I, you know, I just got some tailwinds, simple stuff, man. Runners are my go-to. I could work out in it and break in it. You know what I mean? The Jordans ones, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I like all that shit. You know, just a lifestyle shit. I, I like that. They're bulky, man. You can't break it. You can, but you can't. You know what I mean? You can break them, but it's not comfortably. But yeah, it's just the runners, bro. I'm into runners, man. Runners, like. Runners to me like make I feel like I have fast footwork with that with those joints. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm fast. I guess because that's what runners are supposed to do. But like I like I like kind of like the narrow like narrow soles shoes versus like kind of like a 
like a 98, 97, or 95 Air Max, kind of like a bulkier and kind of wider, you know, so like wider sole. I'm going to run to narrow shoes and stuff like Cortez, Tailwinds, um, the Air Zoom, uh, uh, Spiridons, the, the narrow joints. That's just my preference. You know what I mean? Awesome. Thanks. I, I also prefer runners. I really do. And like, yeah. I wish I could have some Jordans, but I feel like my wife would like <laughs> murk me if I like spent that much money on a pair of shoes. <laughs> but thank you so much, Profo, for making the time to talk. We really appreciate um, just the insight and the wisdom that you bring um, to the community. Uh, is there any shout outs you want to kind of lay out before we head out? Yeah, shout out to my crew floor gangs. Shout out to uh, 808 Breakers, the, the little brothers. Shout out to, um, I don't know, shout out to y'all out there, man. Like, you know, like I appreciate you guys continuing the scene because I couldn't be in it if no one continued it, right? So, like, you guys give me the opportunity. Um, oh, and the other thing is I'm going to bring the trades back soon. So, like, my own podcast and show. Uh, follow me on social media, you know. P-R-O-F-O underscore F-L-G-Z for more information. You'll know when that's coming out. And yeah, a lot of moves behind the scene. You know, so just be on the lookout for that. And yeah, work out. Stay healthy. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Special thanks to Profo One for being so generous with his time and just being so open to talk about his life and his perspective and what years and years of breaking uh, gives you in terms of perspective on other people and on yourself. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did too. Also, a special thank you to that boy Leroy for providing music for this podcast. Really appreciate the work, and it's also really fun to listen to. Um, if you want to listen to the first season, it's um, and you can find a link through our Instagram. It's in our bio. Uh, but just scroll up on this whatever you're getting your podcast from. You'll find the first season there somewhere. Also, follow us on Instagram at the B underscore podcast for more updates and more news as to what our next plans are. We are hoping to drop two more episodes in season two, and we're really excited to be able to release those and share those with you. Other than that, thanks for listening to the episode. Have a great day. Peace.